everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. That's how you choose to start this. Okay. <laughs> we are a horror movie podcast. Uh, we talk about horror movies uh, every episode and we get up to get, you know, we watch a movie, we, we come and we talk about it. Um, are we episode, supposed to watch it this week? <laughs> this episode, we're going to talk about The Girl with All the Gifts from 2016. Mm. This was actually the winner of one of the recent Patreon votes. Every month, patreon.com slash TV. Our patrons at $5 and up get to vote between four movies. Uh, and this was actually four picks from The Crypt, which is also a Patreon-submitted kind of list of movies. So This was Patreon-submitted and then Patreon-voted. So if you mm. don't like that we're doing this movie, blame the patrons because they've mm-hmm. had a big hand in this. Uh, so this is a zombie film from 2016 that I remember the trailers coming out for this and it looked kind of different to most zombie movies. It looked a little bit weirder and a bit more mm-hmm. arty perhaps than I, I typically accept, expect a zombie movie to. So we'll start spoiler free. Uh, we'll give you a warning before we get into spoilers and uh, we'll go from here. So uh, yeah, so the, the basic premise of this outside of just their zombies is that our main character Melanie is a is a you know young girl who for some reason at the start of the movie is is kept in a cell and whenever she's let out of the cell she's in a wheelchair strapped and bound by her hands feet and even her head is kind of strapped back to the the sort of the back of the headrest and everyone treats her and the other kids like they're super dangerous like they cannot and like you know they they call them awful things they treat them like absolute scum and we don't necessarily have context right away for why that is. Although, knowing it's a zombie movie, we expect that it's in some way related to the zombies. And sure. basically, like a lot of zombie stuff, it's just kind of about scientists and the military looking for a cure for, for the, the overall pandemic. Uh, I also watched a movie about a pandemic of some sort in 2020. Uh, there was the <laughs> odd little moment that was like, oh, he's really rubbing that hand sanitizer all over his face. That's <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of hard. hand sanitizing, some face masks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of relatable things uh, in present day. So, uh, Tim, how did you feel about the girl with all the gifts? Uh, I liked it quite a bit. Um, I think the the strongest part of this is definitely the, the story and the premise. Um, I, I feel like, you know... Uh, every time like a zombie movie comes out, uh, you know, people try to, you know, talk about like, uh, oh, like, you know, find like a, hey, like a new take on zombies, like a unique premise or whatever. And I feel like it's usually not the case. Like, it's usually like, oh, hey, look at this new take on zombies. And it's like, well, it's just zombies, but in a strip club or something like it's not, <laughs> you know, like that new. Like, yeah. Check out, it's our usually... <laughs> check out our review of Peelers for said strip club zombie yeah. movie. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I feel like so often it's, it's just like uh, people putting zombies in a specific location and then saying that's a new take, which you know really isn't. But I feel like this is genuinely like, oh, here is something uh different with zombies that I, i've never seen before so i really liked it for that aspect um i i will be like a little critical about some of it though like i do think that there's a lot of stuff that that i that i feel like suffers where um maybe like like i don't think it's like uh like i don't think there's much interesting stuff like in terms of like the direction and you know, like the way like the zombies look and and stuff. Um, th- there's a lot of stuff that kind of feels just like a generic zombie movie to me. Where okay, if you didn't have this interesting take, 
there really wouldn't be much here. So I, I do feel a little critical in some aspects of that. But um, again, though, I think the story and the characters were uh, interesting enough that it does actually make it like good and worthwhile. Interesting. Something you said there that I'm going to pick up on. You mm. said that you weren't feeling much with the direction. Now, maybe you're, there's something more specific there to what you meant by that, but mm. I actually think the, one of the strongest elements of this movie is its direction, uh, particularly the camera work and the visuals and how it chooses to shoot a lot of it. No? Mm. Did you not no, feel I, that? Uh, there wasn't really anything that stood out uh, to me about that interesting okay okay because uh, i actually agree with some of what you said there uh so some of the some of the things you said about the the generic zombie elements kind of being the, the weakest element of the movie uh the way the zombies act i would definitely agree feels like almost like a parody of how zombies normally act in movies uh, yeah it, i feel like ever since the dawn of the dead remake came out we have that kind of same like fast running you know like frenzied uh you know jaw snapping kind of zombies that um yeah it, it just didn't really seem like too uh y- unique to me and um you know I, I mean i don't want to sound like i'm being like too harsh like it's not like it was bad it's just that uh it wasn't something that necessarily like stood out to me as being like oh this is something cool i haven't seen before uh again compared to you know the interesting premise and, and stuff that i i do think was quite uh, unique and original um and i don't maybe i'm being like too harsh on the direction again i'm not like saying it's bad or anything um maybe just the kind of genericness of the zombies maybe makes me think that you know that was a little generic as well so i don't know maybe i'm not giving it enough credit but um yeah that's uh that's all i'm, I'm trying to say though i don't again i don't want to be super harsh or anything no, I, I agree with that. I actually, there's a, there's a couple of other zombie tropes or zombie story tropes, perhaps is more accurate rather than the zombies themselves, that I think mm-hmm. hinder it, especially in the sort of middle to back half. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the opening is the strongest part of the movie. The opening, like 20, 30 minutes, yeah. is really good. And this is where I'll disagree with the direction, because the direction I thought was... was uh, razor-focused, uh, this, first, mm-hmm. this first chunk. Introducing us to this character who traditionally you immediately look at a small child and go oh sympathetic and you Mm -hmm. have her treated so badly so poorly uh the tone the way it presents kind of the characters it kind of you know it's almost like you you almost wish you could go into this without knowing it's a zombie movie first just to have it unravel uh throughout the way it reveals okay here's what's actually going on in the world here's what these kids actually are here's how it ties into this and and so on I'll definitely agree. I do think that first chunk when they're inside the complex was um, definitely the best part. And maybe it's when they get outside that I started maybe feeling a little more bored with some of the direction stuff. But um, the uh, I, I think you're right, though. Like, I, I didn't know much about it going in except for I, I basically knew that it was a zombie movie and that was it. But um, like for the first yeah, like whatever, 15, 20-ish minutes, uh, I actually started to doubt myself. I was like, oh, maybe it's not a zombie movie. Maybe I was thinking of something else, mm. or <laughs> I was wrong. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I do like that there's that kind of mystery uh, in the beginning. Well, yeah, you, you've got that thing uh, as you're watching it where I think for the first like 10 minutes or so, 
you're like, is this just more of a drama? Like, because when yeah. I talk about the direction being good, I'm not even talking about like how horror movies are typically directed. I, I just think the direction is really strong from a dramatic point of view. Uh, the oh, way sure. it focuses on her, her perspective of what's going on around her. Uh, the way it kind of introduces the, the the various characters, which again is maybe more veering towards the script rather than the direction, but I, I think it introduces the elements really, really slyly in a way that immediately gives you sympathy for certain characters. There's a, there's a choice that Melanie makes early on that even though we get, because we get to a point, like I said, 10 minutes in where the horror element is finally starting to be revealed, right? Uh, there's a moment where uh, the teacher who t- teaches all these kids who are all strapped to these chairs, uh, played by Gemma Art, and she uh, has this moment where Melanie tells this story. They're, they're given this assignment to write a story. And Melanie's story is so touching and is clearly relevant to her experience and her dreams of having freedom and her dreams of being kind. And because of the way they treat the kids... Uh, Gemma Arton gets really emotional about it and goes up and kind of like pats her on the head, which is clearly a no-no. And Paddy Constantine, who's also in the movie, he's like the sort of the lead soldier who's kind of there with oh, protecting God. everyone. He comes running in and gets really angry and says, oh, you can't get close to them and touch them and do that. You can't do that. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then he sort of like does a little demonstration to show why, why it's so dangerous. And then we get the first hints of, okay, these kids are dangerous. They are monsters. They're infected with the zombie virus. Now, they're different to regular zombies in that they still have intelligence and they still have all these things, but they do have the hunger. Uh, which yeah. I said, as I was watching it, I was kind of saying to myself that this is... A l- Obviously, I don't have any of the rules of this, but it makes them feel more like vampires than zombies to me. Just with just okay. the fact that they have the intelligence, but then have the hunger to feed, even if it's not on blood specifically. And it's not... Sure. You know, daylight doesn't kill them or anything like that. But yeah. uh, it feels a bit more vampire in that sense. But... Immediately. It's funny because uh, there was one like um, very specific scene that actually reminded me a lot of um, "Let the Right One In." <laughs> really, because uh, and, and then from there, I, I I was starting to sort of guess. Okay, how did these kids come into existence? And I, that, my guess was basically Blade, uh, and I wouldn't say if I was the right movie? or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and, and, and the same way that Blade became like unique. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. To, to what he is, like you know, the, the the Daywalker, the half vampire, half human kind of thing. I uh, thought you meant that, like, the children watch Blade and no. became zombies. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> once you get past some of his one-liners, you do feel like a bit like a zombie, to be honest. It's, I think that's a fair statement uh, in there. Hell yeah, Blade rules. <laughs> mm, I don't know if it holds up, Tim. I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, but, it does. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> it doesn't. Anyway, the point is, is that we're interested in this horror element, but there's a the choice that Melanie makes within about a minute or two minutes of that happening that makes you still sympathize with it, regardless of what you've just seen. So I think this the movie's very smart right from the get-go of mm. testing the audience's like preconceived notions of who you should side with and also who you're mm-hmm. sympathetic with. And it gives you this kid to be sympathetic with. It makes you sympathetic to the teacher because she's obviously reaching out and sees her as, uh, as a, you know, a, a human or a being who, who deserves sympathy and deserves her attention and care. And I, I think it plays really well with putting you into this, this different world that we're not in yet and just testing how we see characters. So the opening 20-30 minutes, I think, is really strong. And I was really mm-hmm. on board with what it was doing. Totally. Once it gets out and we get into the zombies and we get into the... Tra- we have to travel across the country to get to a base because our bases kind of become unsafe. 
Mm-hmm. Once it gets into that, that's where some of the generic zombie tropes kind of start to, forgive the word, infect the movie because <laughs> I, I kind of felt like the goal, once they're out of the, 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 the base, the first base, I was kind of like, I feel like there's been a couple of casual lines. Oh, we have to get to this other base because it might be safe. And I'm like, right. this is so vague. And it almost feels like when they were writing the script that they kind of said, you know, we don't have to really worry too much about their objective. It's a zombie movie. We can just write down, ah, they have to get to point B. And that's it. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like there's the, the, the goal in the movie feels a little bit just... An afterthought feels weird because the goal should be the first thought, not the afterthought. <laughs> but it does kind of feel like the yeah. afterthought where... The movie's more concerned about the characters, and this is true for a lot of movies in a lot of ways, where it's more about the characters' interactions on the journey as opposed to the goal. Mm-hmm. But the goal in this feels so vague and just so, oh, just whatever. They have to get to this place because it's a zombie movie and they have to travel, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, especially because, again, you start off with something that's really cool and different that you've never seen before. And then, uh, yeah, it does kind of quickly... Like, I was surprised once... Uh, it, it feels kind of fast, like that they get out into the real world. Because, like I, um, like I wouldn't have been surprised if you know most of the movie takes place on this kind of compound. Uh, I was area, ex- but I was expecting it honestly. I, I I thought we weren't going to see like any sort of great play like civilization until the third act. I thought we were going to spend most of the movie in that in that base. Yeah. Um. And and again, like and again, I don't want to say necessarily that like once they get out that like. The, the the stuff that they're doing is like bad like i think it's still uh like there's still cool sequences and, and everything but it's just like you know again just coming back to that thing where it's like okay this feels like the kind of normal zombie tropish stuff that i'd expect like it, it doesn't necessarily mean that like oh it, it's awful but like you know there's still cool stuff that happened it just um i don't know it, i guess I kind of was expecting more. <laughs> I think if you're if you're someone who's like sick of the zombie genre and get annoyed at all the you know all the regular tropes that we see in zombie movies, I feel like once you get to the second act, you're going to start to feel that 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 tired feeling that maybe you were worried about going into well, it. Well, I mean, how do you feel personally? Like, do you like where do you stand with zombies at this point? Like, I, I mean, I know you know uh we're glad that uh resident evil's back we've been having fun with the games but in terms of like movies and, and stuff like if you hear new zombie movies coming out do you roll your eyes are you kind of sick of it do you just feel nothing towards it or i i mean i guess i lean towards sick of, being sick of it but mm-hmm. not to the extent where i i i don't rate them all off like i feel like sure most zombie movies that come out are probably going to suck but i mean that's true for a lot of genres but i yeah <laughs> But at the same time, like, you know, maybe it's just something as simple as Train to Busan was so freaking good just a few years ago that, like, yeah, mm. there can still be a gem. There can still be a Definitely. gem. Maybe once every five years we'll get that great movie and oh, Peninsula's coming, so <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll have a look at that when it does. But I, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of at a place where I get why the tropes are, are tiresome and there's, there was definitely moments in this. And I, I think what's weird is that it's it, it wants to be this grounded emotional character driven zombie movie right that's what it is sure. mm-hmm. but the weird thing is is that when it does you do the generic things which is weird because of the first like 30 minutes even though the idea of looking for a cure because i was getting like as much as there was obviously a lot of like uh, other zombie movies in this i was definitely getting some last of us vibes from a couple of things okay. uh, namely the way the cities look the fact that it was fungal related the, the virus and 
Uh, just a couple of little small things, but uh, like the, the opening 30 minutes, despite the fact that looking for a cure isn't necessarily that unique of a premise, mm. it feels genuinely different and definitely, you know, genuinely original and how it how it approaches the characters in this situation or at least in terms of zombie movies because I, I don't i don't feel like i've seen a zombie movie with the, the tone that this has from the god this this melancholy because as, as much as zombie movies should be this depressing thing because the entire world's basically came to an end and they're living in this horrible hellscape mm-hmm. i feel like this melancholic tone this movie starts with of this like you know child hoping for better in this really bad world is something that you know, I would have expected more of in the genre, and it ha- doesn't really happen. So I really appreciate yeah. that. But when it does get out and does more sort of generic, okay, we have to travel and watch for the zombies and keep each other's on our toes and you know be quiet and not attract attention and blah blah blah. Uh, some of the stuff is is good. There's, there's a scene where they have to sneak through a city because there's, there's actually an interesting mechanic uh, unique to this movie they introduced, which is always good. See when you can have like one mechanic that's unique to your zombies. It's usually a good good idea for a movie, I think. Yep. But because uh, uh, I, I did the Korean show on Netflix, uh, Kingdom, which I would recommend watching. It's only six episodes per oh, okay. season. Uh, but the, their mechanic is is that much like vampires, zombies only come out at night. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, there's actually a little bit more to it that the reveals it goes on, but I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. So so basically, during at nighttime, it is like hectic zombie attacks. Like they're <laughs> fighting for their lives. But then when daytime comes, the zombies all disappear to, like, uh, shade or whatever and go to sleep. So they've got, like, the day to prepare. So there's, it's a mechanic, right, that makes it feel different. Like, okay, they can they can plan, they can think, they can, like, there's... So there's, there's, there's a different idea to it. That sounds uh, cool. I might check that out. And this has a little mechanic to it. But like I said, some of the other zombie tropes that it does is that this movie is so determined with being almost like highbrow. It wants to be thought of as a movie with a message, and it does. Like, the ending does have its message, and we'll talk about kind of where it goes. But some of its zombie trope elements are so like it's it's like the director and the writer are like not interested in them, so they're, they're just know, kind of there. <laughs> do you know who? Did you see who the writer was? Yeah, Mike Carey. Well, are you familiar with Mike Carey? Uh, well, I mean, I'm assuming it's the same Mike Carey that's, like, a comic book writer that, uh, you know, he, he did, like, a bunch of, like, uh, Vertigo stuff, like, um, ah. uh, like, he, he had a, a long run on Hellblazer, and then, uh, he did, what was, uh, uh, Lucifer, that <laughs> I can think of, and, uh, The Unwritten. Well, um, given that he's, he's, uh, movie and TV credits are really small and consist of the X-Men Destiny video game an episode of mm. Constantine City of Demons and mm. something called Shadow of the Elves. I, I'm going to say it's probably him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's done much Marvel stuff, but he did have a long run at X-Men, so it seems like that would all uh, check out. Yeah. But, oh, <laughs> I don't really have much to add to that other than yeah, just interesting little tidbits since we're comic guys. Yeah, no, but fair. but I I think he uh, I think he writes like books as well, and I believe this was based on a book. So yeah, by him that could also yeah. So mm. that makes sense too. Yeah, which yeah. I, I I there's a, there's a few differences uh uh that I uh, actually that my wife looked up uh differences between the the book and the movie, which uh, I'll mention in spoilers. But <laughs> there's one really interesting thing. I oh, think. okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I. Uh... It's funny because I felt really conflicted in the back half of the movie because there's definitely a, some dumb character choices that are made, mm-hmm. which again kind of betrays the more grounded, like 
dark, uh, highbrow feeling that it's going for. Because it is going for that, and I think it does succeed early on at that. And then it kind of, like I say, once the the, the, the the genre tropes start to kind of come into it, it, it maybe loses that a little bit. And it feels like it's almost at odds at itself a touch. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I'd say it's good. I'd say yep. it's worth watching. But Definitely. I do think it, it, it doesn't quite reach the heights that it wants to or that the, the opening, like, 20 minutes set me up for. Yeah, the, this was something that I'd actually wanted to see for a while. I, I've had it on my Netflix queue, you know, for quite a bit. Um, And it's just one of those ones, like, yeah, I never got around to. But I remember when it came out, it was getting, like, a lot of, you know, like, uh, like indie love and praise and everything. Uh, So I was definitely coming in expecting like, all right, I don't know much about this, but I heard it's good. And, um, and I do think I was ultimately satisfied with it. And I would say it's good. Uh, unfortunately it's just not like amazing. Like I was hoping, um, I can, to- you know, I can totally see by for some people though, they totally connected with it. And like, oh, sure, sure. The, the elements that, that make it work are stuff that really sung to some people. I, I totally get it. Cause yeah. And, and if anything, like if we're being maybe a little overcritical, I think it is because it seems like we're on the, pretty much the same page. Like maybe we're a little more critical just because of that opening being so good and interesting that it says um, a bar, it says a yeah. bar. And then the rest of it's like, oh, it's not quite as good as that. Yeah. And that, and that, you know, that kind of hurts, but it's just, you know, it's, it's different. It's, tr- it's trying to do its own thing, mm-hmm. uh, at least, you know, in places and definitely at the start. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't do enough of its own thing, but it's you know deep into the movie. But the ending also kind of does. The ending's definitely making a point, and it is a movie with a statement. It's a movie with a with a, a message, if you will. And I, I think uh, the message is is good. I I don't know if it necessarily nails like my feelings with the characters and tying up with the message and what it's doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess what I mean by that is that when characters make choices to, at the end for the message to sort of come across. I don't know if I necessarily find it satisfying from a character journey point of view, even though I find sure. it satisfying from a movie message point of view. I, yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think yeah. the, yeah, like the, the main character ultimately kind of makes this big statement that, um, yeah, is a, a statement that I, I like and I agree with, but um, it seems like a little bit out of, nowhere for the character maybe not completely out of nowhere but Hmm. maybe like oh yeah seems like a little unexpected so yeah Uh, so then we'll give a spoiler warning then so we can talk about everything else i'll thank our patreon producers at this point so thank you to allison m fordyce cindy palaceus tyler hess and david short uh they are all patrons at 20 dollars or above which is why they're producers but you can support us on patreon.com slash tv for as little as one dollar per month and you get a bonus episode of screams after midnight every month uh for that one dollar an exclusive movie review that you can only get there and there's a back catalogue now of about 15 16 episodes that you can go back and check out from the past year and a half or however long we've been doing them uh so go and go and have a look at that at the five dollar tier you get to vote every month on an episode and you also get the episodes a day early all the movie review episodes that is so uh please go and have a look and see if you want to help keep all the content coming and get some bonuses for your troubles but uh yeah so Spoilers for the movie, then. Uh, I will say so. So, this, if you look at the first that first half hour first, right, just to kind of sure. set that up, because I I think what I really so then the stuff that it introduces here is that they've got this. I I was calling it hand sanitizer at first. It's more specific <laughs> than that, but there is this sort of like you know 
gunk uh, the weapon themselves. I think uh, they call it like blocker gel or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it basically blocks a smell because the, the zombies can smell them. And this is like a, you know, a, a, a mask mm-hmm. for that, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I, I love that like first scene uh with it where i think it was like someone was like feeding uh them and then you know they got too close or whatever and then they like kind of like brush you know like back into the hallway and was just like constantly like rubbing themselves with it i just thought mm. it was just like really cool <laughs> yeah no it was really interesting. and again in the context of 2020 this this moment probably played more for us than it did in 2016 because <laughs> sure. like oh he's really putting that hand sanitizer on it <laughs> he's like really really keeping it good uh because there's, there's parallels to make with a zombie virus and what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. right? It's just not, you know, it's not difficult to make jokes comparing the two. But, yeah. I, so it sets up, but I, I, what I really loved, which I really loved the uh, the way it introduces the, the various characters, uh, mm-hmm. the way that it introduces that the teacher is sympathetic towards Melanie and the other kids, and mm-hmm. the way that then Paddy Constantine then sort of spits in his arms so that it's no longer the blocker on his arm, it's the you know, it has DNA, right? It has, has scent and yep. makes the other kid kind of like, you know, go for his arm to prove what it is. But, so there's a moment before that where Glenn Close, who we've not even talked about yet, is like the scientist <laughs> who's like trying to, you know, cure the, the planet. <laughs> she, uh, she, she's like the, like the, the Wesker of the group, I guess, kind of like the big <laughs> person in charge. <laughs> I mean, that's a weird comparison given what Wesker does in Resident <laughs> Evil, but sure, okay. Does that mean that Girl All the Gifts 5 was going to be total human saturation? <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> but she, uh, you know, she, 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 she makes small talk with, because a lot of the soldiers, like, they, they call them abortions. Like, they, they're absolutely awful to mm-hmm. them. They, 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 they treat them like they're absolutely vile dogs who shouldn't be treated like human beings. But and, and I think if anyone ever does, uh, you know, call him a human or treat him like a human, they're very quick to say that's not human. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a human. Don't like. Yeah, it's, it's like they're reminding themselves not to get too close because they're dangerous. And they, yeah. uh, but Glenn Close, much like the teacher, but Glenn Close, maybe in a more kind of neutral way, will still sort of speak to her, Melanie, when she's in her cell as normal, and she sort of gives her riddles or games to sort of <laughs> ponder, and Melanie will think of the answers, and you know she's pretty smart. But she mm. says, hey, pick a number between 1 and 20, and she picks 13. And when she's getting up for class the next day, and they're, they're wheeling all the kids back uh, to, to the classroom, the door number 13 isn't open, it's shut, right? So whoever was in 13, which was the ginger kid who was in the first classroom mm. scene, he just doesn't show up, and it's like, oh, he's probably been experimented on, he's gone, he's dead. So when I said there was a choice she makes early on that makes us really sympathize with her, even though we've already seen her be kind of, you know, like a carnivore, like a zombie, uh, and yeah. even what there's one disgusting scene where they feed feed her like maggots. It's like, oh, oh, no, 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 can't be having it. But when Glenn Close asks her to pick another number between one and twenty, she says number four, and I immediately got from Glenn Close's reaction that number four is her number. That mm-hmm. Mel- Melanie picked her own number because she would rather mm-hmm. sacrifice herself and see what's see what's happening than mm-hmm. to have someone else disappear. And it's like, okay, right, it's, it's easy to sympathize with her at this point. She cares about her fellow kids, so she cares about, you know, the the adults too, but she cares about the, the others. And it, it, it immediately goes, okay, regardless of what we've seen, she has a heart. And I think there's, there's a real soft spot for me when it comes to stories about characters who fear... It's basically how to train a dragon, right? Where they all fear the dragons, and Toothless is the one who befriends an actual dragon, 
and by the end it's a story of them realizing that the dragons aren't to be feared they are friends and they can be trusted right uh it's mm-hmm. Battlestar galactica with the, the the you know the one or two good cylons versus the rest of the cylons this is you know so paddy constantine the other soldiers the way they treat melanie and the way that they make it because they make her wear a muzzle when they get out but like they don't trust her to not bite her mm-hmm. bite them like they they treat her so harshly but every so often there's those little moments of like starting to talk to her like a human or to trust her to do something when they're mm-hmm. out, out in dangerous places and she's and she has the ability to like walk around the zombies and they won't attack her because she's technically mm-hmm. one of them like they have to trust her to do things and she keeps her word and she does things and anytime there's little moments of that where paddy Constantine decides to trust her with something it feels like a big deal and it feels kind of heartwarming uh which does actually make something that happens at the end kind of bittersweet. Like, it really because because over the course you feel like he's beca- you know he's he's becoming better. He's 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 treating her, di- and not that they even blame him so much for how he does treat the the kids because one well, I mean once we get outside and we see the hordes of zombies at the fence and like everyone just try to like shoot them to make them stay back and stuff. We see how bad the world is. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's challenging. It's it's, confl- it's it's making us think about uh, you know what's right and wrong, black and white, shades of grey, all these things. It's, it's mm-hmm. making us think about these these elements. So I appreciate those those ideas too. And the, the first half the first half hour is very much what does that. Uh, there's the small details as well. I like that when she is wheeled out in the morning uh, because she's picked herself to go to this this lab area. They have to take her outside, and when she sees the sunlight, it, it, I actually thought she was seeing the sunlight for the first time. I think technically it's maybe the first time since she was a baby, but you know, mm-hmm. same difference. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's like she's never seen daylight before, and she's like paying attention to it, and she's like, "Oh, what's this?" Uh, mm. And the I guess uh, yeah. we didn't really mention it, but the um, the actress that plays Melanie is great. Like she's, you know, like sometimes you know, uh, kid actors aren't always the best, but yeah, you know, I thought she did a great job. Yeah, I thought she was pretty good uh, pretty much 90% of the time. I think there was... Mm. I think there's a couple of things towards the end that felt a little bit... I, I think it's when she makes her choice at the end. It didn't click for me. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think that was maybe less her fault as an actor, more... The story... The, the character like didn't feel it's... like it was building to this, I guess. Yeah. And it felt a bit That's off fair. to me. But, no, I, I agree she's good uh, for, for the vast majority of the, the, the time. But she she does, she's taken to a lab and Glenn Close explains that they're trying to you know make a cure and like you have this in you because you still have your intelligence and you might be able to save the human race and yada yada. Uh, I actually really liked uh, there was a, there was a bit of direction in this scene that I loved, which is uh, they hear the alarms go off and like the assistants like oh should we postpone and Glenn Close like no 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 this is too important just close the shutters so all the windows have shutters on them, but we can see as the wind the, the shutters are coming down. We see mm-hmm. someone running towards them, and I actually thought it was a soldier. I thought it was a soldier coming to get them because you, you, so, you know it's, it's, it's too shadowy; you can't see who it is. And it's mm-hmm. actually a zombie who immediately like dives through the window and like grabs the assistant <laughs> and bites her. I thought that was a really well directed moment. Oh yeah, the um, yeah, the, like this is when they're still in the lab, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah. I, I really like this scene because it, it does feel like the first like full on like. Hey, remember this is a horror movie. Still, uh, we're gonna have like these horror set pieces, and I, I, I thought this was really cool. Uh, now, I forget. Do they actually say how, like, uh, the the zombies were able to breach the compound or whatever? Uh, no, I'm not sure if I, I'm forgetting something, or is it just kind of like, hey, what do you expect? There's zombies, just go with it. 
I, I guess. Yeah, they never really said anything. I mean, I wonder if they, they would have benefited from a couple of scenes of like the soldiers struggling mm-hmm. at the fence just to kind of set up that, yeah. you know, it's getting close, it's building to it. Because uh, it does feel very sudden how quickly we move from the status quo to, oh shit, we're now in a truck, like, outside the yeah. camp. Because uh, when... Basically, uh, the assistant, because like, the, the, the turn out of zombies really quickly in this, it's worth mentioning that, like, the assistant who gets bit here mm-hmm. is a zombie within about 10 seconds. Like, she she starts, yeah. like, making that sort of, you know, chomping. I, I don't know if it was the, maybe the British angle, but it did remind me of, like, 28 day, Days Later a little bit. Yeah, there's some 20 Days Later in there, uh, a little touch. Uh, and I'm not a big fan of that movie, we've not done that movie yet, and I'm sure we will at some point. But, uh, I mean, no, I don't think it has its good qualities, because it does. I just think it mm. doesn't... The whole is not the sum of some of the better parts, is all I've said. Interesting. I uh, I remember liking it quite a bit, but it has been a while since I watched it, so it might be fun to revisit. But there's a fun wonder, because Melanie... Because uh, Glenn Close sort of hides and sort of to save herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Melanie gets out... And when she gets outside, she's sort of running through the chaos of all these soldiers being bit by zombies. There's like a, a nice one or here where it's kind of like just the cameras kind of like dancing around and showing various things happening. There's a lot of chaos, so it feels quite impressive. And she ends up saving uh, the teacher, uh, Arton's character. She she jumps in and like uh, stops the zombies, but she also stops. Uh, she kills two of the soldiers. One of whom is played by. Uh, uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but uh, Naomi from The Expanse, which was kind of her first uh, mistake for me. <laughs> it was like, oh, you just killed Naomi from The Expanse. I'm not happy about this. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I don't care if she's been mean to you the whole movie. I, I'm not I'm not on board with this. Uh, not not the worst thing she kills, though, to make me not root for her, though. I'll just mourn that later. And I forget if it was maybe this scene or, or a scene later on, but I think there was something around here that just kind of reminded me of uh, Let the Right One In. Just the... I think just the idea of like a child jumping on mm-hmm. an adult, and then like I think they, you know, even go for the neck uh, and stuff too. Which, uh, I mean, obviously I'm not saying like oh they ripped it off or anything, but just like oh hey, that kind of reminds me. Yeah, similar visual. She has this thing where after she's eaten, she's into sort of a state of euphoria for a little bit, and that happens here in the middle of the battlefield. Yeah. So, uh, so what I take it happens is, uh, you know, basically these kids, uh technically are zombies uh but it's just they only really you know become zombified if they're hungry like as long as they're uh or i don't know if that if it, that, that's only true for melanie uh but no, I, I took it, it that it seems to be true for all these kids uh, yeah. that are of their type so so basically like yeah if you know if she's hungry you gotta watch out but um yeah like every which also actually you know it also kind of reminded me of was uh i zombie a little bit um and I'm talking more about the uh, uh, comic than the show, because I'm not sure if they did this angle in the show, but at least in the comic, it was like um, she, you know, the the more she ate, the more she resembled uh, actual human and could speak and talk. And uh, Yeah, no, that was, in, in the show, the mechanic was she, she was completely normal, uh, mm-hmm. but if she went too long without feeding, she would like start to revert uh, into more of a, a, what they call the Romero in the, in the show. Yeah. Uh, which I really like that phrasing. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the few instances where I I kind of don't mind it. I I was joking on Twitter like I hate in zombie movies whenever they like oh, just refuse to call something a zombie. That's made me like, groan as well when they when they uh, finally started using the name that they use for the zombies yeah. in this. They start they call them the hungries, and I'm like, what? 
like just just call them zombies like we all know they're zombies and like uh i know like in the i think it was like the walking dead like Kirkman said like it's a universe where zombie movies don't exist so it's like fine whatever but that can't be true of like every like zombie movie (laughs) i think walking dead it doesn't bother to call them walkers because it ties into the title of the story right for a start and it sounds not bad right calling them walkers because of the walking dead Mm. yeah it it has some logic to that right yeah but it just it feels like every movie has to do it so like every movie is trying to think of the the phrase that's going to be unique uh so i feel like and i'm okay with say because in the same context if you're in a world that doesn't have zombies i'm okay with calling them the infected because that's just an accurate term for what they are they're infected with the virus right so totally. it doesn't say you're trying to make a cool buzzword by saying they infected. Uh, yeah. I think the hungries though feels like it's trying really hard, and I can't understand exactly. like how they came up with that name. Because I mean, we all get hungry. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We're all, <laughs> right. I mean, okay. Technically, we're all walking as well, but it, walkers sure. is shot for Walking Dead, right? As opposed to a right. as, as opposed to a corpse who's just a corpse. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, that, that was a uh, it, it's a small thing, but it really did irk me every time they said it. Yeah, it, it sets up like just how dangerous it is, like because they they get this sort of armored truck, and it's just it's this mm-hmm. Paddy Constantine, a couple of other soldiers, uh, Glenn Close, Melanie, and the teacher in the truck. It's okay, we can't communicate with the radios to get to this main base, so we're going to try and get there. We have to travel the and the truck eventually breaks down, of course, and. Uh, so we do we do a really fun sequence going through the set because they set up this thing where these zombies zombies in this movie basically completely rely on their smell, and mm. they do have hearing. They can they can hear as well. But if you're quiet and you've covered your scent, you can actually sneak around them because they, they do kind of go to sleep. They don't lie down, but they kind of just sort of stand there and like. So we get a sequence where they're sort of sneaking around all these static zombies. And I thought that was a fun mm-hmm. little mechanic. That was, okay, this is, this is something unique to this movie. A little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm saying there's never been a sneak around the zombie scene. My, 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 joke, my joke is they were like, prepping this as they were explaining the rules before they did it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so we're going to do a serious version of that Shaun of the Dead scene where they're pretending to be zombies. That's that's what we're sure. about to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I like this, this, the little details here that felt thought out. Like, at one point, mm-hmm. Melanie says that, no, no, the, the, the E blocker that they use uh, to cover the smell, mm-hmm. that also has a scent, and it does cover the smell of humans, but if you know what the smell is, you can track that instead. So she can, like, track that smell. She says that later on, and I thought that was an interesting little touch oh, yeah. as well, mm-hmm. which made sense. It made sense to it. It's not like it's not scentless. It's just, does it smell like humans? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, that was an I guess technically touch. just like living animals i guess because we see later on sure. that they'll also chase animals yes we do because melanie eats a cat the little bitch mm-hmm. uh, and sacrifices a dog basically and, well, i mean i yeah. like to think that the dog got away but <laughs> nah, nah i was actually mad for a sec i thought we're oh, gonna eat the cat but the, you, you think the dog's too cute how dare you I, I was i was getting mad for a second but then she used it as bait and i didn't feel as bad uh <laughs> no nah, because i mean the because they end up hiding in like a, an old hospital uh and there's too many zombies outside because because they have this moment where one of the zombies is kind of showing a maternal instinct and glenn close like can't help but try and look in the the, the pram sorry the the stroller stroller yes there you go. uh to see what and it's just like a, a rat <laughs> like eating something 
this this like annoyed me not from a uh not like a story point of view but like just in terms of like when you get mad at a character uh because mm. um yeah i did think it was cool when she lifts it up and it's like yeah it was a like um like gross rat thing or whatever but like uh like glenn close has like seen so much stuff like was that really like the worst thing she's ever seen that she couldn't help but like you know scream Gasp, yeah. <laughs> like like it was like you know like yeah it was like you're really gonna be that audible over <laughs> something like this yeah so the zombies all start waking up because of that so there's too much of a mob they have to run into this building i thought it was interesting that the zombies kind of wake up one by one yeah. They all just wake up at the same time, I guess, because they wouldn't be able to have the characters escape if that happened. Sure, <laughs> but because yeah, uh, there are a lot, yeah, uh, tons of know, them. in this uh, place. <laughs> yeah, so they end up uh, in this hospital, and we get the because I was waiting all movie for the exposition as to exactly how these kids exist. And mm-hmm. my my guess was that okay, I assume mothers got infected when they were pregnant, and this is maybe how long it's because the kids were all about the same age. So mm-hmm. I I assume that this is how long it's been since the zombie outbreak happened. Is how old these mm-hmm. kids are, uh, and that seems to be the case. The one part that I didn't necessarily sort of like think of though, which I thought was a really cool little detail, is that the soldiers found these kids uh, having eaten their way out of their mothers' bodies, uh, which I thought was a really oh. interesting <laughs> dark touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all, all the, all the mothers' organs were all eaten. Like these babies, like sort of ate their way out from the inside. Like I really, that's a really mm-hmm. dark, interesting zombie take, which I, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm into. I'm into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that, and this is where they have to start trusting her to like find what streets are available, and this is where she gets mm-hmm. the dog for bait to like, make all the zombies run and chase the dog so that uh, they can come out. And again, mm-hmm. they sort of trust her after this, and she's getting the walkie-talkie, and she's helping out, and she's finding which streets are safer to go down and, and so so they end up in london and the, they end up at like a like it's like a science truck it's like an old research truck that's got like mm-hmm. a it's like a mobile lab which they go into and it's got like a, an airlock and all the rest of it and the, whoever was here the soldiers and the scientists that were here are just clearly missing or dead uh and we get a really interesting concept in this this section of the movie which actually made me think of like star trek in a weird way there's, there's a lot of like star trek episodes where they'll land on a planet and there'll be like a sort of primitive culture and it's like okay what world led to this primitive culture and it it really gave me that kind of vibe and it's basically so there's kids in the world that are like melanie that weren't found by the army that weren't taken to this Mm -hmm. research lab to to be studied and whatnot so these kids that were left out in the wild that grew up that have this intelligence they were never taught they never had classes or lessons They, they never learned english they never taught how to speak so we get mm-hmm. this sort of like almost tribal like gang of kids zombies who are smart yeah. enough to communicate and smart enough to do other things, but they are kind of wild because they've never been taught or been raised by adults. And mm-hmm. I thought this was a wonderful little concept uh, and maybe a little goofy in some of the execution, but definitely interesting in this idea. And mm-hmm. I there's a scene here that I kind of love and hate, okay. which <laughs> I love it because it made me laugh when I realized what it was. But I hate mm. it because it does not belong in this movie. And the character is far too dumb for this grounded, more realistic, kind of heartfelt zombie take. This, you mm-hmm. know, cause this is a human drama within a zombie movie, right? That's kind of what they're going for. Sure. <laughs> so as much as I loved this and I laughed a lot as it started, I cannot deny that a character being dumb enough to fall for this trap where the kids have literally let out like a trail of like food. Mm-hmm. They've left out like cans of food. <laughs> is like a mm-hmm. sort of a trail and this soldier's like oh 
oh another one and it leads him to this like uh this store this this small uh store that he, he goes into the shutter and he's like he's fined and he, he finds like the porn magazine still up in the shelf and he's like oh it's christmas baby uh, <laughs> and he's all excited and then the kids kind of like show up and like one sort of shows up at first and kind of he, he tries to sort of talk nice to her and like but then, then the kids kind of like they, they have tactics like velociraptors they attack him from the side and slash him yeah it, it kind of reminded me of um someone was telling me this about uh coyotes uh mm. recently where i guess uh like uh, um coyotes have this thing where one uh because you know they're kind of known for like you know attacking like you know small pets and stuff and uh i i guess a tactic they have is like one coyote will come out and try to like um you know like get a dog to play with it and then like chase it around and then it'll lead it to the pack where they'll all like attack hmm. and uh so it kind of reminded me of that <laughs> that's basically what they do uh and as like, and Grizzly- I, I do agree like it, it is like um yeah like to, to piggyback what off what you're saying um i do uh, actually kind of like the scene but yeah it is something where you can't help but think like all right come on this character should not be this dumb like it's very obvious this is a, like a trap I, I feel like this is i mean and i sort of excuse that a little bit by saying okay the arrogance that he doesn't think that any, anyone's smart enough to lay a trap for him is an interesting idea but i do think this in a fun more light-hearted zombie movie this would mm-hmm. totally work and i would i'd have a blast with this scene and have fun of the kill right but mm-hmm. as it is in this movie it just it feels so tonally out of place uh so it, it really stuck out to me in that sense uh, but when they find the body though because because melanie gets the idea because she sees these kids all sort of like planning to go after someone she goes back to the others and says hey he's in danger they're going to go after him when they find the body because she can sort of sniff him out uh he uh like you know we see the body it's pretty grisly he's been picked dry basically (laughs) you know he's completely empty Mm -hmm. and we get this scene where melanie essentially has to like become the alpha to this pack (laughs) of like zombie kids because they want to eat the others because they're they're waiting for them outside Mm -hmm. and she has to sort of take on the alpha the leader and win a fight and then kind of like intimidate the rest of them and sort of be like no these these adults are mine these humans are mine Mm -hmm. you can't have them and it's kind of the, the first sort of glimpse of the ending because essentially uh, 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 there's a whole thing before they get here where they find this big kind of like tree of zombies that's got like mm-hmm. spores growing out of it and uh the doctor uh glenn close is like oh uh, they don't have any way for these to uh like these spores to open but once they do it'll, it'll make the virus airborne and it'll turn everyone into like one of them uh, and obviously that's very dangerous and could be the end of the world and this is maybe the first time when she, she she's sort of like having this like fight with this leader this tribe leader of this these zombie kids who are also kind of smart that is maybe the seeds of like okay there's there's potential new civilization here there's there's a new race of being that has intelligence and the, you know the, the first thing that i always think of in stories like this or, or stories about robots and ai where the ai goes kind of rogue or humans are scared of it is like well, if you just teach it right from wrong, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and, and raise it and actually give it, like, you know, uh, experience and, and, and compassion, you know, maybe maybe there can be coexistence and that kind of thing. So... And that, I, yeah. I think it's interesting with this scene, too, that we see her be, like, you know, very violent and scary, but, you know, as herself, it's like she's not, like, zombifying, you know? Like, yeah. she's not doing this out of hunger, but... No, that's not that's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the, the execution of the scene is a little bit goofy. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, having these kids kind of like growl and like chomp their teeth at each other is a little yeah. bit. You know, it feels a bit silly at times. Uh, it's just it well is, as... it's much. I, I I get what they're doing, but yeah, it is. It's a little hard to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when they get back, though, uh, Glenn Close, who's dying at this point, she's kind of been slowly dying throughout the course of the movie, mm-hmm. she uh, gasses the adults uh, so that she's left alone with, with Melanie, who turns out doesn't have to breathe as much, so she's just kind of able to fight it. Mm-hmm. And Glenn Close pleads with her and says, look, I, I can cure this. I can, I can cure, I figured out how to do it, mm-hmm. but I need your brain, I need your spine to do it. So you have to die. You have to sacrifice yourself. And she pleads with Melanie to give herself up to save the human race. And Melanie, and I love this point that she makes, she's like, okay, because earlier in the film, when she, the first time we see her talk to Glenn Close, Glenn Close kind of implies that she's still trying to figure out, like, if she's alive, if she's life, right? Does she consider mm-hmm. her to be, like, an animal or a, a, an equal? And Glenn Close openly says at the start of the movie that she's still kind of undecided, that she doesn't, she isn't really sure. And Melanie says to her here, you know, have you changed your mind? Like, do you see me as someone who's alive and is who, who has a right and has, you know, choices to make and whatever? And she says, yes, you, you are alive. You, you, are, you are a living being. And Melanie says, well, why should then I die or why should we die to save your race? Well, why is your race the one that gets to survive instead of mine? If we are alive, if we, if we are a, 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 a valid species now, then why should... And I'm like, I love that point. Um, yeah. and I, I loved kind of that idea that it's going with and then but of course where it gets a little bit off for me is the sort of the actual big thing that she goes to do she she leaves and mm-hmm. sets fire to the tree opening all the spores spreading the virus airborne essentially dooming the human race and mm-hmm. Paddy Constantine's like out there behind her comes up and like, he kind of like slowly dies and turns into a zombie and begs her to shoot him but it's kind mm-hmm. of this sad thing where he because he, he's not really spoken about his personal life like what he was before this there's like one moment early on where he kind of reveals that he, but uh, you know, before all this, that he wasn't actually much of a soldier. He was a soldier, but he, you know, he did like you know, basic work. He wasn't like in combat. He he wasn't like some grizzled vet who'd like racked up kills. He was nothing like that at all. And he kind of he talks about someone as he's dying here, where he keeps saying her, like you know, he keeps it's presumably his daughter, perhaps that he's talking about, uh, or maybe mm-hmm. his wife, but. Uh, he he's talking about someone that he's lost, and it's the first time he really brings it up. And I kind of like that element to it. But mm-hmm. she, she, you know, Melanie shoots him in the head, um, and basically is like, "I'm sorry, but like, this this world is ours now." Um, I th- I th- I think he like he says something like it's over, and then uh, or someone at some point says like it's over, and her response is, "It's not over. It's just not yours anymore." Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's maybe the teacher who says that when she gets back. Because the teacher's oh, okay. not affected because she's in the airlock. She's in the little, the mobile lab. Mm-hmm. And Melanie apologizes and says, it's not yours anymore. Or, you know, maybe she says that to Paddy Constantine. I can't remember. But uh, so, and then the final scene of the movie is actually that from within this lab, because uh, I-, I did like the sort of the flip here where mm-hmm. she's kind of swapped roles with a teacher. Now the teacher's in a cage and can't go outside and has to be protected. And Every, you know, and the kids are the ones outside but we see her still teaching class she's actually there to teach uh melanie these uh this tribe of kids and also the other kids that you know were back at the uh the base like they've collected all the kids who they could find 
and Melanie's teaching them how to speak. She's teaching them things. She, she's raising this new culture, this new society. And so the point of the movie, the message of the movie here is that, you know, the old guard, right? I, I, you could sort of apply this as broadly as you want, or you could go really specific with it. I think the broad sort of side of this is the idea of the older generation not wanting sure. to give up to the new generation who mm-hmm. have different ideas, you know, uh, maybe the most obvious thing right now is be like, oh, the idea of the baby boomers like still controlling politics and so on and so totally. on. Like you can yeah. go into that. Uh, I don't, don't want to get political. I'm just you know just apply that with your own your own logic uh, right. to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that you know the old guard will fight for survival to the point where they'll 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 they'll, they'll, they'll squash mm-hmm. the opposition. They'll squash anyone with new ideas and they'll try and hold on to the status quo for as long as they can. And in doing so the younger generation ultimately will eventually have to fight. They'll eventually have to fight mm-hmm. to ch- make change because no one's willing to give up and or any compromise or anything like that. And that's kind of the metaphor here that we're working with in the movie. And it applies kind of wonderfully to, you know, while you want to talk about politics, you want to talk about anything and any sort of, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's an old age story, right? And I think it's... Th- how do you go? Oh no, it's just it's it's a really simple line, but it's so uh, impactful. Uh, and yeah, you can get so much from out of that of just saying, yeah, it's uh, it's not over. It's just it's not yours anymore. Uh, which yeah, it's it's re- really beautiful. Uh, yeah, line I love the, that. You, I love the sentiment. I really do. I mm-hmm. I think the message of the movie is really strong. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that it's just such a like almost a generic zombie movie in the back half though kind of mm-hmm. d- diminishes. A yeah. little bit, and I I don't think that Melanie maybe went the full arc for me to make this choice. Well, at least at least to the point where she's willing it, to, you know, intentionally mm-hmm. activate the end of the human race. At least in the sure. the, 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 the the you know the, the country think, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, I think what they're going for it does make sense. Like, yeah, maybe it might be it is a big choice to make, especially like. Yeah, in a short amount of time uh, in a movie. But, like, I, I do like the idea of, um, yeah, if this, you know, when you're talking about before, if, like, Glenn Close saying, like, hey, I can cure it, I just need to kill you, you know, you do kind of get the sense, like, if this was still the beginning of the movie, she probably would have said yes, because she was, mm. you know, she, she was more obedient, and, she, you know, she sacrificed herself. She was willing to, um, you know, be experimented on, but um you know it's kind of similar to you know growing up like when you're at home being raised by your parents and you're just you believe everything that they say you know for better or worse uh, you know in (laughs) some cases but uh you know like once you you know go to college or or just in general become an adult and start going outside or even like going online and exploring and interacting start, start, start going outside tim wasn't allowed at the house when he was a kid <laughs> <laughs> well like you know what i mean like just yeah, like not around your neighborhood and stuff but like you know you travel more or you know nowadays it's like even stuff on the internet like you start speaking to other you know people from different places and your worldview opens and yeah you know maybe you start realizing like you know everything you taught um not necessarily like that it's a lie or anything but just that there's different types of people out there than that you've then that you know or that you've met or whatever and um yeah so i i like that kind of metaphor of like you know in a way it's almost like a coming of age kind of thing like you could yeah try and make a parable but i I think like you said though it's like uh yeah that's like a lot of big decisions and and stuff to come to in like a short amount of time 
But one of the th- one of the little touches that I really loved actually uh, is how she actually uses the the language that the soldiers use around her. Uh, there's mm-hmm. several moments oh, yeah. where she'll very innocently use the word abortion because that's what oh, they yeah. call her. And I, I like those little touches of her mm-hmm. using what she'd heard and like the idea, the influence that that's had on her. Because uh, that maybe sets up the again the the confined world viewpoint that she's been presented with up until mm-hmm. this point. So I actually think all the ideas that the movie's going for are wonderful, and it's just if the execution, especially in the back half and the, and the the, the arc, mm-hmm. sort of really being defined, if that was just more refined, if that was just a little bit more thought out and clicked into place a bit better, I, I think this would be something really special. As it is, I think the movie is is kind of a, a flawed but well worth watching movie. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, I, I guess I'm a little probably about on the same page. I think it's good, maybe even like really good, but yeah, it is just missing a little bit of it where, yeah, like if, if maybe if stuff was just tweaked a little bit more, it could have been like great or amazing, you know? Um, but I mean, yeah, it's not bad, you know, at all. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just being like good, you know. Yeah, no, and I, and I like that. I, I, you know, by the time we got to the end, and I sympathized, you know, I grew to like Paddy Constantine's character a lot more. So yeah. when he's dying in front of her because of what she's done, it does have a bit more impact, and I appreciate that a lot. I, I um, I, 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 the only thing I thought was like a little silly is like I was like. Dude, like, w- did you really like? She's fine on her own. You you didn't need to come out looking for her. Like, uh, I mean, you know, I I, I know like you whatever it leads to the scene of him dying, which was like really good and everything. But again, it's one of those kind of character traits. That I was like, you should have just stayed back. You know, she she would have been fine. Yeah, but I mean, does that not actually help? Like with the 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 drama here that. Oh, he, sure, actually, sure. he he cares enough about her cares now at this enough. point mm-hmm. that he went looking for her, even though she doesn't really need the help. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's yeah, not. Like, I, I mean, unlike some of the other dumb decisions in this movie, he didn't know she was going to release the virus airborne. <laughs> oh sure, sure, sure. But he sure, had sure. no idea she was going to do that. So it's not like he made a dumb <laughs> choice in that sense. He, yeah. Uh, unnecessary choice, perhaps, but not dumb. If anything, it mm-hmm. makes it more bittersweet that he seemed to care at this point to to go and get her and bring her back. Sure, but, that's fair was was you know was left uh dying as a result um and you know maybe maybe selling that difficult decision that melanie has to make that she has to be willing to sacrifice some of the old guard mm-hmm. for the world to advance forward that maybe there's something in there that they could have explored a little bit more and given us i don't know mm-hmm. uh yeah. to really mm-hmm. sell that, that 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 decision better and make it more tough because it appears mm-hmm. like it, it comes relatively easy to her, which I think is maybe where it feels a bit too easy, convenient, a bit too mm-hmm. rushed, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that, that would—I mean—that mm-hmm. would be my that, that, and then just sort of the more generic zombie things that happen in the back half with that yeah. really one dumb soldier who falls for the trap. <laughs> like that's the—that's the stuff that I would say is the, the the problems of the movie and the complaints. But the ideas are generally really good. There's some really good scenes yeah. and moments, and the opening twenty minutes is especially good. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, the music was quite good as well. Actually, uh, I mentioned the music. Oh, Very unique yeah. sounding. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, you know, it's to be emotional at times, be piano at times, but there was a, there was a lot of kind of ethereal music in there, which again, very different mm-hmm. for a zombie movie, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Give it a, again, just just it felt like its own unique beast, even if again mm-hmm. some of the parts were kind of recycled from various other zombie movies. Uh, sure. 
which is maybe the biggest shame of this is that it's the stuff that is unique is so unique so the stuff mm-hmm. that is more generic feels it stands out more as just being like oh they were just doing mm-hmm. this generic zombie moment yeah like the, the gen like it's not like the generic stuff is uh like laughably bad or anything it's just stuff that like you've seen before so it's uh even that stuff at least it's not like horrible it's just you know in context of the rest of the movie stands out as you know not being as you know crazy or wild about it yeah i i think it's always weird with movies like this but they almost sound like we're be it's, it's they suffer from sounding like we're being really negative or critical yeah more so than movies that are much worse and i think it's because it's good and we see the potential for even better so totally. we end up analyzing why it doesn't reach that higher height more than we do mm-hmm. maybe other elements when you know it is worth praising all the things that it does do well that the, the good direction the good ideas the mm-hmm. the the music the cinematography there's a lot of really great things in here to praise mm-hmm. uh and yeah so I, I guess that pretty much does it uh if there's anything else you would like to add uh, just one one thing I'll, I'll mention I thought was interesting when uh, my wife was looking at the um, like differences between the book oh, yeah. and the movie. Go on. Uh, just like one uh, simple thing, but I think is much better <laughs> in the movie here um, than was in the book. But I guess the um, like uh, races of uh, Melanie and the teacher uh, are swapped in the book. So I guess in the book, it's a you know black teacher, and Melanie is like a, a little white girl. Oh. Um, but <laughs> which it makes it kind of seem kind of weird uh, because then like you imagine the you know the end like a little white girl putting a you know black adult in a like you know basically in, in like a, a cage or whatever. Like it seems like kind of weird. Uh, so. I don't know. Seems yeah. like a good change for the movie. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird thing because I can almost understand the, the thinking behind it of saying mm. that, you know, in the context of the movie, the old guard is just humans in general. But in the real world, yeah. we kind of think as the old guard has been old white people. <laughs> right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, know, I, I very think... Much... Yeah. yeah in a in a visual medium where yeah you're actually looking at the people, I, I think that helps. And like, um, yeah, we didn't really mention, uh, you know, like... Uh, you know the fact that yeah melanie is like you know a, a young uh black one woman but i think like um a- again you can ultimately take that message and you know apply it to different things and you know yeah, again no, like sure. the um you know the idea of uh uh you know like the kind of the younger generation uh you know taking over for the old guard uh, you know like you said yeah i feel like a lot of times you <laughs> yeah do view that as like you know, stuffy old white people and um but you know i, I think you know uh th- that you that's why you see like more diversity in like you know movies and shows and stuff today and that's like another kind of parallel that you can uh take there yeah no no uh lot to read into uh mm-hmm. so it has a lot of aspirations and i, I definitely mm-hmm. admire that i definitely do so no no it was an interesting watch i'm glad we saw it. i'm glad we yeah. talked about it it's uh mm-hmm. Something a little bit different, and mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, we'll have to keep an eye out for for more more of this stuff. Uh, director mm-hmm. Cole McCarthy, uh, who I, I wasn't really that familiar with, uh, he he's done a lot of TV stuff. He did uh, he did an episode of Black Mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he did the Black Museum episode from season four. How I say that was, uh, mm-hmm. and he's he's done an episode of Sherlock. He did a lot of Peaky Blinders. He's done the BBC uh, uh, guy. He's done a lot of British TV, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But it also it, it, it did the pilot of Krypton, which actually was decently directed, actually, if I remember right. So, okay. you know, so he's worked on a bunch of TV stuff. This was kind of his, his big feature-length movie. I don't know. I think he did one other one. He did Outcast in 2010. Oh, cool. I think I watched the first season of that. I enjoyed that. No, no, no. It's a movie. He did a movie called Outcast. Oh, oh, oh. oh, sorry. oh <laughs> no, I thought you were talking about the show. <laughs> no, no, that's Showtime. No, that's Showtime. Okay. No, that's not, sorry. <laughs> Cinemax. It was Cinemax. Not Showtime. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so no, that's uh, that's some. Uh, so all right, Tim, what are you going to rate the girl with all the gifts? Are you going to give it the gift of a high score? <laughs> uh, I am going to go pretty high. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven point five, which uh, again, I think it's uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I would go as far to say it's really good, but again, just the kind of the the flaws and yeah, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but just the you know, some of the genericness uh, and tropiness um, that we get, especially in that, you know, like later half uh, kind of keeps it sh- just shy of being like, you know, an eight, which would be like, you know, great or amazing. But um, no, I-, I think there's still a lot hit here. Um, you know, like we both said, you know, the opening's great, uh, you know, and-, and again, the premise and the story, uh, I just think is so interesting and unique. And, you know, I like all the characters. So yeah, still really high, but uh like you said it it sounds like we're being too negative but it is just because you know you you can see that it's just like shy of of being that like you know little extra uh that could make it amazing or whatever Hmm. yeah um i actually just agree i'll I'll make this quick 7.5 for me too (laughs) Uh, it doesn't quite reach great territory i do think it's good uh but definitely flawed in some of its execution and if if it if that you know if it just clicked together a bit more uh, mm. I, I think its aspirations are really strong so that is uh, mm. The Girl With All The Gifts you can let us know what you think of the movie if you've seen it in the comments below you can like and subscribe mm. all that stuff you can get us on the Twitters at Screams Midnight for our channel updates and all that stuff um, if you want to support us of course uh, like I said liking is really important on YouTube it does give the uh, YouTube algorithm the information it needs to promote us and tell more people about us and all that kind of thing. So it's a big way to help us for free. Obviously, patreon.com slash TV, which I mentioned earlier, is a good way to support us financially. Uh, all very, very good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, you can go and uh, have a look at that. Uh, otherwise, check out other content from TV, such as the science fiction movie podcast, The Atomic Cinema Experiment. Uh, you may enjoy that. I did that with Tara. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching Scary Movies, guys, and we will see you next time.